The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and, of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. Orange and grapefruit. Do you guys want some glasses? Let's do it. Know my, hide my key dietary requirements, the Spinoff's Food Podcast. It's all about the cultural, social, and political role of food in Aotearoa. And a very exciting announcement, today's episode represents a shift to fortnightly recording. You will now get to hear from us twice a month. Once a month, we'll continue our current format of having a fancy guest from the New Zealand food and drink industry to talk to us about what's going on in their world. In the second monthly episode, we'll gather as a group for some banter, talk a bit of shit about what we've been eating and cooking, and likely drag in some of the broader spin-off family of foodies to talk shit too. Which is what we've done today. I, of course, am Simon Day, and always I'm joined by the spin-off's food editor, Alice Neville. Kia ora. Unfortunately, Sophie has been, uh, she's called a nasty bug, and she's throwing up like a scarfie in O-Week. <laughs> uh, we've replaced her with Lucy Raymer, the spin-off's uh, Swiss Army Knife and in-house Nigella Lawson. Hello, hello. Mm. Japan culinary enthusiast and highbrow, lowbrow uh, connoisseur Matthew McCauley. I thought you were going to say expert there, and I was going to—I was going to interrupt. I'm, yeah, but I, I do love Japanese food. Enthusiast. Enthusiast is, is that accurate. covers your bases. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know about it. I just like it. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having us. Yeah, so. exciting to be here. Very exciting to have you here. So cool. This podcast and all our food coverage would not be possible without the support of our wonderful sponsor, Freedom Farms. They believe that everyone who eats meat has a responsibility to know how that animal has been raised. Their pork, bacon, and free-range eggs are delicious, and without them, we wouldn't be here, so please buy their goods. What I wanted to do first is get an understanding of who the two of you are as eaters and as cooks. So I thought I'd ask some questions about the first being, if you were a herb, what type of herb would you be? Coriander. Coriander. Great answer. It's not for everyone. 
polarizing. Yeah, it's polarizing. But I wouldn't say I'm a polarizing person. I just think coriander can go in so many dishes and improve yeah, them. It's, mm. a, it's a hell of a herb. It's, yeah. It's interesting, though, because, like, the, the whole thing about coriander being polarizing is it's, like, genetic, right? Oh. It's, like, mm. it, it's not that people don't like it necessarily. It's that, to some people, it just genuinely tastes like shit. Yeah. Yeah. So It's not their fault. I'm mm-hmm. having to deeply resist the segue to asparagus urine because I talk about it a lot. Yeah, you talk about <laughs> it a lot, so <laughs> I won't yeah. talk about it today. Yeah, they can be next like, week. That's for like pain, Maybe it pain should have its own Patreon like subscribers. I thought about doing a story <laughs> about it this year. I think every asparagus season I've been like, right, I've got to do a story about asparagus. I wheat. feel like I have to do it. Yeah. Have you ever made your party guests no, urinate I just in don't a wine glass? A, I hate the story. Just bring <laughs> okay, it up. Okay, I'll stop, I'll stop. <laughs> Matt, Matt, if you were a herb? Uh, I mean, I, I would say rosemary. Oh, okay. Um, I just delightful. You, like I thought you might be rosemary. Mm. I thought you might be um, something more out there. That's no, I, back I to just, your traditional Sunday roast roots of Papua Nui. I mean, I'm I'm a Papua Nui. Papua Nui. Papua Nui. She's closer. She's closer. Close enough. Close enough. Yeah. No. It, it is a. I mean, it is probably a nod to my to my pastoral roots. Um, I just love rosemary as a plant, though. That's kind of you know, like I've got a huge rosemary shrub in the in the in the garden, and it's kind of like. It's the de facto center of my garden. It's where all the bees live. It's massive and it's out beautiful. of control. It smells great. Just love rosemary. And rosemary inventor of kiwi onion dip. True. Oh. Rosemary dip. True. A different rosemary. But, you know, it all but, links together. Yeah. Well, kind of seeing as you're here. Me? Yeah. What would you be as a herb, Alice? Um, oh, put me on the spot. Well, I can't say coriander because Lucy said that. Sage, because I've got a tattoo of sage on my arm. Yeah, that oh, that's very definitely good. Sage is really good. And sage is a, a nice herb, underrated. Mm. It's very textural. I like it like a. It is textural, yeah. Sage leaf gone crispy and some very hot mm, butter. Ooh, crispy yeah. sage. Mm. What would you be, Simon? I'd be dill. Oh, yeah, of course. Underrated, underappreciated. <laughs> You're kind of uh, a big dill. I wanted to name one of my son's dill, but. um. Was not allowed. I'm would it have been like a surprised. like a, a disguised Dill, where his name's Dylan, but you just call him Dill, or would it just <laughs> be like Dill? I feel like Dylan is a worse name than Dill. <laughs> Dylan's fine. Dylan's all right. Dylan Thomas. Welsh. I just know some bad Dylans. Dylan yeah, from true. Beverly Hills Nine Hundred Two One Zero. Hot. Anyway. So, if you were preparing a meal and you had to impress that person, what would you make? Fried chicken. Hmm. Damn. That's been my go-to. People love fried chicken. Put it in a bayo bun. Get all the like sauces out, the hoisin, all the little mm. toppings, and then get straight to someone's heart. I reckon. So what, can't go wrong. What part of the chicken would you be using? Thigh, always. Always yeah. thigh. Always. So she knows what she's doing. Yeah. <laughs> Set yourself up for disappointment if you use the breast. Too dry, too dry. Mm. And then just like Nigella, you'd wake up at one a.m. and sneak down and have a bit of leftover fried chicken and go back to bed. Probably. Probably more my husband, I think, would do that. Mm. Matthew? So you really, like, put me on. I did not expect this question at all, and now my mind's just, like, cycling through it's all of the, if all I was the coming over, things. If I was coming over for dinner on Saturday, and it was my birthday. I mean, it's a seasonal thing. Like, I did, one of the things I enjoy cooking the most for people, if I was cooking for my wife, then I'd probably make something a bit lighter. But if I'm cooking for, like, a... You know, if people are coming around for dinner and I just need to make a quantity of food. And I think this is partially because, like, I'm used to also cooking for a toddler. I'd probably make, like, spend, like, six hours making a really delicious pot of chili. Mm. Just love, like, just sinking an afternoon into, like, really finely tuning a, a big delicious pot of, mm. of chili. It's just, like, I don't know. I feel like because it's such a – because people are really conditioned to not expect that to be all that good. 
Um, so if you tell someone that you're making them bloody nachos, making them a big filthy nachos for dinner, and they get it and they're like, oh my God, this actually tastes like something. Like I can taste, you know, different things in this. It's not just like meat and sweet sauce and like, you know, a bit of a bit of um, kind of ambiguous hate. Um, that, that's quite a like, I feel like that's like weirdly impressive. No, I'm, I'm, I'm really into it. My mouth mm. is watering. I'm curious now. You're a big, you're a big nachos guy, though, I'm, right? Like, do you do that? Do you have these dishes that just like cycle in and you can't get them out for like six months and then yes. something yeah. else cycle? Like, like right, right now it's nachos. Right now it's nachos. I cannot stop making nachos. Oh man, I really feel like some nachos now. But I do things like, you know, not just mince. So it'll be short rib or mm. like use pork shoulder. Yeah. That's that's makes it more fun and um. But I just. The, what they're, um, the um the New Zealand corn chips Mexicana is it yeah the big red yeah. bag they Mexicano. are so good Mexicano they're incredibly good they, show a story on them they hold a they hold a sauce really well they don't sog up mm. there's a few really good options for for nachos that I found like Mexicanos are great go nuts corn chips mm. um, made in West Auckland made in Henderson I think uh, those are fantastic they're they're quite small um, and they're a little bit more kind of crackery texture but. They yeah they they handle it they handle the sauce really well. My favorite at the moment though is the proper crisps ones, um, which are kind of more similar to like the the kind of corn chips you get at a Mexican restaurant. They're Those that are like good. that really sort of you know you can tell it's a tortilla that's been chopped into into triangles and then and then fried really quickly. But they they're just like they they're really great just as a as a snacking chip because they're quite crisp but not like too mealy. But they just yeah they they hold that texture really beautifully with the sauce. Alice, if Marlon Williams was coming over oh for dinner. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, fresh loaf of sourdough? Yeah, fresh loaf of, loaf of sourdough. And then I was going to say pasta, but sourdough and pasta is quite intense. No, that's not. <laughs> it's not. You've got to have – you keep that little um, scapetto, which is the last piece, last piece of bread that Italians keep to yep. mop up there. Mm. I think it's fine. Okay, yeah, slow him down pasta. too, and he'll probably stay on. Yeah, I just pin him down. Yeah. And he's and if, so skinny. He needs that's to what I was going to say. If there was going to be one critique of Marlon's aesthetic, he's very he skinny. needs to have a few more pies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pasta. Or like a nice curry with lots of, you know, something with lots of spices and yeah, spice, love spice, 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 spice things up a bit. There's something very satisfying about about spending a lot of time making a curry as yeah. well. Like, you know, making the, the kind of the, the base, the making yeah. the paste and, and going through that whole process. It and is. Just it giving is. it time to kind of deepen I yeah. feel like you have a lot of time, Matt. I don't. I have so little time. I'm like <laughs> really like this always ends up with me being like on a Sunday afternoon, like, yeah, I'm gonna make a delicious chili and it's gonna be great. And then my I don't get my kid to bed until like ten o'clock because I like the food doesn't doesn't stop cooking until Sorry, nine. Sorry, son, dad's cooking. <laughs> yeah, it's um it's awful. My wife like she doesn't she's very she's very um diplomatic with me, but she yeah. Start earlier, that's what I do. I start my slow cooks oh. at like 8.30, like, Sunday morning. I've got like Candy Crush to play, 8.30. Have <laughs> <laughs> a little lion. Yeah. So what's your guilty kitchen pleasure or most embarrassing kitchen secret? Ooh. I'll tell you mine while you think about yeah. yours because I'm springing you. Like I, um, I haven't cleaned my oven for four years. And for my birthday, Millie got a guy to come over as a surprise to clean the oven. He takes it apart, soaks it in these chemicals in his truck. And then puts it all back to you, back together for you. He looked at my oven and said, "Sorry, bro, can't help." Oh my god, it's <laughs> uh, dire. <laughs> yeah, so my oven is beyond um, <laughs> rescue. What kind of oven do you have? I'm not sure. It was um, so my kitchen was like a 
flip to self by the last um, owners and they sort of did the the barest minimum to make it look like a nice kitchen but it's actually just okay and it was, it was a freshie from them so I, I drove a brand new oven into the ground wow I, I have a, a problem oven? with my oven is that I don't know what temperature it is because the markings have oh, gone yeah. from around the dial that, was, that happened in my old it's dangerous place. I got it's mad hot stressful. spots now as well. Like the back row is just like burn stuff and in the middle. It <laughs> you get to know much. it though. Yeah. Do you yeah. have a gas oven? Or like, no, it's an electric oven. Yeah, I've got like a one of those absolute shitter, like, you know, the classic flat oven with like the coil elements. Oh, they're good. Um, great great and, for spots. And only one of your great for spots. I don't have much, <laughs> much call for spots these days. But only one of the elements actually has like variable heat at the moment. Like the rest of them are just off. Or incredibly, oh, incredibly hot. Yeah, yeah it's, it's awful. Can't yeah. fry an egg on that. Yeah. I, I want to caveat that I'm not actually embarrassed about this, and I'm like, I think it's good. But I, like, if I had a, a technically embarrassing kitchen secret, it would be that like sausages make up probably sixty percent of what I cook at home. Sausages and sausage-based meals. I've been going through a real hot dog phase lately. Mm, um, yes, you shared a picture the other day that little. They were wonderful. so good. Too. Yeah. I've just been cooking a lot of hot dogs because I feel like it's a real, you know, it's a real simple thing that I can feed to a four-year-old and that I can enjoy eating as well. But like, because of, because the base of it is so, so rigid, you know, it's a, basically it's a bun and a sausage. Yeah. There's so much you can do within that framework, which I, which I find really fun. Like you can make a little kimchi dog, make a sauerkraut dog. What I've been doing a lot recently is just like some really finely chopped red cabbage and and really finely chopped pickles. You can have cheese, you can have no cheese, you can, you know, do or different sauces, things with the sauces. Mix up. Yeah. There's there's a lot of room to move with there's a lot of room to move with sausages. Mm. Or with hot dogs. And then and then, you know, obviously I love love a sausage and chips, love a, a sausage, you know, kind of made into meatballs and a pasta. Emptying a sausage from its casing is is just Underknown. It is mm. so good. The way the fat renders and goes crispy. It's, it's great for meatballs yeah. or pizza topping. Great, like perfect sausage meat, like good good pork sausage meat. Freedom Farms pork sausage is fantastic for this. Really perfect for uh, bolognese. I mm. always use that in a bolognese, always use that in a chili just to kind of add, because like, it gives you a little bit of a different texture. Like if you use just straight pork mince, and I use lamb mince in, in my um, chilies and bolognese's these days because I've gone off the beef. You know, it just gives you a little bit of a different texture and you get like a really nice kind of line of fat through it. Yeah, it's, sausages, they're so versatile and they're so cheap compared to everything else. Yeah, sausage party at Nat's house. It's constant. <laughs> doesn't stop. <laughs> Lucy. Okay, I've had to think about this. I think my secret shame is that I don't have a composting system. Oh, that's, yep, that's shameful. And it's really bad because I do have a lot of things that I could compost. Mm. So that's going to be my goal. That's your goal. Get I'm going to get some guidance then. from you, Alice. Yeah, I've it's um, on my list. done some stories about composting, so I have I'd like what to I've pretend I'm an expert. to do with my no. food waste because I live in quite a bushy area of Titarangi. I just throw it over the fence. Mm. Yes, you know, that's, yeah. not, that's, that's, not gonna, that's not good for the environment. But to what it's sustaining the wildlife, of but like it's the not rats. because it will. Tui's get to eat my strawberry. Okay, oh my God, right. no, but does it not um, decompose it and fertilize no. the, the kahakatea and It needs to be in. I mean, okay, well, going to landfill is bad because then it com- decomposes with and produces methane, mm. and I think just chucking it under a tree. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's better than putting it to landfill, but. 
Because sometimes I like to throw apple cores out the window of the car as I'm going past yeah. like a bushy bit of yeah. I think that's um, suburban Auckland. Not the same as composting. <laughs> okay, but it's, it's, pretty, it's close. you could do. <laughs> but like compost light. Um, very light. Better than know. the bin. It's better than it? the bin. Okay, probably. That's all I was looking for. I think. What yeah. about like putting like um, this is a question specifically for you, Alice? Putting yeah. like compostable cups in your home compost because I, I do think, that all the time. Oh well, yeah. I think if they They'll break down eventually, but mm. take like years. But yeah. if you've done that and not have like big, like whole cups in your garden, then more power to you. Yeah, I found like putting a bit of brown water in the compost. Yeah, like What's that, brown water. Just you know, like just water. Like if I've done the dishes, I should oh, yeah. use eco store products. Poo, so they're you know water. natural enough. It's not it's not gross. Yeah, um, not chemically. So. Just a bit of that in the compost to keep it wet and keep yeah. it, you know, especially in summer in Auckland, so it doesn't dry out. Like my compost bin can go mental; it just mm. it can break things down crazy quick. Great, love it, love it. So we're going to use these off fortnightly uh, podcasts to go through some of the beefs, the food beefs that the office has been going through. There's a lot. First up is the re-release of the Whitakers and Coffee Supreme flat white block. As part of their undeniably amazing specialty blocks, the Gourmet Range. The Artisan Collection. The Artisan Collection that I think is absolutely superb. And I love this, what we're about to eat, but it's divided the office. It really has. I'm going to, I'm going to like... You started it. So I, I started it. I, mm. I was the one, like, I saw it at the supermarket and I was like, yes, I want that. Like, I love the, because um, it's like a white chocolate. It's like a coffee white mm. chocolate. And I love the caramelized white chocolate. It's essentially, you know, fancy caramel that they do as part of this range. Love Supreme Coffee. Love the the dark coffee chocolate. I was like, mm, I'm going to try this. And I got it. And I took it home and I ate basically the whole block in about 45 minutes. And I, I just hated it. <laughs> and I mean, like, I, that, that's kind of typical of, like, the way that I eat. is like, I, you know, once I've started, I need to make sure of it. Um, this is and gross. Oh, I just can't. I, I, it's <laughs> gross, but someone's got to do it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the whole thing. And, like, just, like, complained in our, in our food Slack channel that I thought it was disgusting. It kind of started this dialogue. And then Alice bought some for the office. And the consensus was that I was a, like a dumb idiot. I still think it's about fifty-fifty. There are a lot of haters. Stuart's a hater. I um I was preparing myself to hate it, and I get it. Like it kind of tastes. It tastes. It doesn't taste fancy. It kind of tastes like that's very instant true. coffee. Mm. But it's still yum. I reckon it's like yeah. a, an affogato <laughs> made with instant coffee. Yeah. It's got an instant, sweet instant coffee vibe, but not in a bad way. Is well, what this I'm is say. my other confession. Yeah. I'm not a coffee drinker. Oh, yeah, that's weird. So I feel no, like no, I... Get, get the hell out. Yeah, no. So I don't know if I can have a very good opinion I on think, the coffee well, flavours within like it. it. But, I think it's important to have at least one non-coffee drinker. Mm. You know, you're, coming in, you're coming in blind. Yeah. So what I like about this chocolate is that it, it reminds you of the West Coast buttermilk version because oh. of the white chocolate in it. So mm. I do... Yeah, it that's gives the, me a little bit of that. Yeah, it's yeah. the caramelized white chocolate. Yeah, one, right? which is really that's good. Beautiful. It's like an adult milky bar. I'm really into yeah, it. Yeah, I'm into it. Tina, let's pass them over to podcast mm-hmm. producer Tina. Um, and then other people in the office have, have said it changes. Like they like it in the night, and then the next day they try it and they don't like mm. it anymore. But you know, you know what it's like when you get those like box of assorted Christmas chocolates, and there's mm. the, only the chocolate ones left. When you were like a little kid, yeah. and you're like, "Oh, is that the coffee flavored one?" Mm. And you eat it anyway you're like, because you want I'm chocolate. So sophisticated, yeah. Mm. It is like that. That's what it's like. What do you think, Matt? Still, I mean, it's like every time I've had it since the time that I ate a whole block and hated it. 
um, I've I've questioned myself for that. Um, and like right now, I'm I'm not I'm not hating it. I did have a reasonably small piece. I don't love the texture of it. I think that's a big thing for me. Is like I love coffee. I like uh, sorry. I, I love coffee. I love chocolate. I like chocolate to be really smooth. Mm. Um, you know, even dark chocolate. I find like quite often really dark chocolate can be a little bit grainy. Like you, you get a bit of the the nib in there or something. But this this feels grainy and it feels like it's grainy because of the coffee. What I don't like about some white chocolate though is the way it like coats your mouth. Mm, yeah, yeah. You talk and there's like strings coming Ugh. out of your lips and it's, it's too just sugary. Gross. Well, that's what I love about the Whitaker's white chocolate. Is like I feel like Whitaker's even like the Whitaker's mainline white chocolate is that's the closest thing that I've found to my memories of eating white chocolate as a child. Where you know like I didn't have these like sensitivities to texture that I have now with food. And I remember eating it and just being like overwhelmed by the flavour of a Milky Bar. Now if I ate a Milky Bar, it's like chalk. It tastes like shit. But Whitaker's white chocolate still has that, like it still melts, you know? Yeah. yeah. But like that, I, I would I would comfortably eat a whole, whole block. block of that. <laughs> I don't um, mind it. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm a huge fan. I would buy that next Yeah, I'd buy it. Mm. Mm. So while we're, while we're here, do you store chocolate in the fridge or not? No, never. Okay. Absolutely not. Only for one type of chocolate. What chocolate? Again, it's a Whitaker's one. It's the creamy caramel. <coughs> Put it in the fridge because then you get it out and the caramel's like nicely set, a bit oh, like yeah. a caramel slice. Oh, but yeah. I'd have it either way, that. but that would probably be the only time mm. I'd put chocolate in the fridge. So mm. I just hate when it melts in your fingers and I do mm. appreciate that you lose a lot of flavour. Yeah. But like maybe put it in the fridge until you need it. Mm. I guess, but then, then you'd have to, to be forward it. thinking enough to bring it out to room. And who, you know, if you want yeah. chocolate. It's like I, I, I resent people who put butter in the fridge. Mm. It's mm. a mistake. Although we did have some butter in the mm. office recently that, that went, like went yeah. off. That I feel like it so arrived gross. off. I've had butter arrive mm. off, usually from places like petrol stations. Mm. <laughs> like emergency purchases. I can promise you I do not buy our butter from the petrol no, station. You wouldn't, okay. you wouldn't do that to us. Okay, um, next important question is fennel good or bad? Good. I love fennel. <clears throat> um, okay, I think in quantity, and I think it depends who you're serving it to. I mm. don't mind it, but it can ruin a salad for some. Mm. And then I look like a bad cop. Yeah. It is a bold, dominant flavour for sure. But pork and fennel sausage roll? Yum. I love a pork and fennel sausage roll. I, I have a thing where like, I don't love biting into a seed of anything. Like, I love the flavour of cardamom. Love cardamom in the curry. It's, it's so necessary a lot of the time. But biting into a cardamom pod is like one of my absolute <laughs> least favorite food things. Like you just, it tastes like drinking perfume to mm. me. Yeah, um, true. And I have a similar thing with fennel. It's like I love a pork and fennel sausage. But if I bite into a seed and you know, crack a seed with my teeth, like that's a mildly unpleasant experience for me for a, for a moment. <laughs> We're going to pause. Kia ora, my name's Duncan Grieve and I'm managing editor at The Spinoff. This podcast, like so much of the work we do at The Spinoff, is made possible by the support of our members. To find out more about The Spinoff members and how you can help us keep producing quality, independent journalism, visit members.thespinoff.co.nz today. So Lucy nearly died by white chocolate, <laughs> but we've, we've, she's sorted her shit out and we're back together. Um, so fennel is mostly good, according to uh, our panelists. Is, I is think we're. Um, yeah, I think we should differentiate between the bulb and the seed. Yeah, I think quite and the front. The front for sure. I think they're quite different. It, like similar flavour, but very different. Mm. Very different. I personally, I was going to actually ask that. Like, do is there a is there a, a type of fennel you don't like? Is there a, a 
a I'm part not, of the plant you wouldn't I'm eat? not hugely into heaps of the fronds. Mm. Like I got a massive bit of fennel bulb recently and because I like don't like wasting food, I was like just putting the fronds on everything. Mm. I was like, I'm fucking sick of these fennel <laughs> I love the fronds. I think they're beautiful. I like them, mm. but it was they just... They remind me of my close friend Dill. <laughs> not in flavour and appearance. Yes, yes, they do. They, yeah. yeah. They're, they can be quite dominant flavour, though, for sure. Yeah. I, I really love, like, probably my favourite way to have fennel, my favourite, you know, part of the fennel plant is, is the bulb, just like mm. just like mandolin, like yeah. super, super thin. To Lucy's point, like, it can be quite a dominant flavour in a salad, but, like, yeah. If it's really thin and really delicate and, and like, really well-balanced, like, it's such a beautiful – it's so mm. fresh, I feel like. Yeah. It, sharp. Yeah, in a, in a way that not many yeah. not many vegetables are, like, that combination of kind of texture. So and I agree it can ruin, like, big – two big, thick chunks, and if it's kind of a slightly older yeah. bowl, but it's <clears> a bit sort of – It has to be super pouring. fresh, and it has to be super, super thin, yeah. super delicate. I what? think I need someone to walk me through – the per, like correct way to prepare it. Mm. I think maybe that's my problem. I think either very fine or roasting it is really good. Yeah. As well. yeah. Um, I think what to me what it does, and Nancy Silverton talked to me about this when I interviewed her last year, is that too often people think of a salad as like a sub version of the meal. Like it's mm. the it's the, you have the the protein and then the salad. You can make a salad really bold and exciting and and massive and have its own personality. And I think a great fennel salad can can mm. do that. For sure. With apple? See, I, yeah. I love I love apple and fennel together. Yeah. Crisp so, green so apple and fennel. I do a nice fennel yeah. and orange salad that, mm, and olives maybe. Mm. Track down that recipe. Track it down. Next question, yeah. do you put butter on your peanut butter toast? I didn't used to because I never, as a kid I didn't like peanut butter and you know when you don't like peanut something as a kid and then you kind of just never eat it and then... When all these fancy peanut butters started, started coming out, I was like, oh, maybe I do like peanut butter. And then I wasn't putting butter underneath it because I didn't know you were supposed to. And then I, someone did, and then so I started doing it, and I was like, yeah, it's good. But butter makes everything better. Mm. I like, I never ate peanut butter as a child and still don't really like it. Like, I'll, I'll eat it, but it's not – I don't seek out a piece of peanut butter toast, but anything that I have on on bread or toast, I would prefer to have butter with it. Like, yeah. I went to Kingy. Um, with my wife when just after it opened actually and some sourdough and I had some like seaweed some seaweed butter on that oh, yeah. with the taramasalata and it's just like it's it's a weird combination mm-hmm. and it feels like something that the chef would not like me to do but it was so much better like just that that oil and that fat and the salt of it just just raises it up it's just like an MSG hit yeah. <clears throat> I would definitely have butter underneath the peanut butter because I feel it just locks in the moisture in the bread mm. and get it right out to the edges. And I have a pet peeve when, you know, sometimes people have, like, eggs on toast but not butter the toast. Oh, That's my crazy. God. When you go to a cafe and you, it blows they, my mind. they give you, like, a, ti- a tiny triangle. It's so it's like, dry. But why yeah. do they – What I won't understand when cafes do that is why do they put the eggs on the toast and the butter to the side? Like, yeah, do they yeah. want me to – Take off the egg, butter like it's just no, and it's risky. A beautiful presentation. I don't want to accidentally split my yolk when yeah, I'm trying no, to butter my bread. Like it's, it's you know, do your yeah. job, chef. Butter Come my on. toast butter, for me. Butter my toast. It was weird that we yeah, were expected to butter our own toast. Yeah, it's weird. I didn't give <laughs> you 1950 to butter my own toast. You know? Exactly. So I think that's a hard ruling on butter on everything. Um, the French one thing I learned that we do very wrong in New Zealand is serve cheese with crackers. When you're in, when I lived in Paris, you got a baguette, you put butter on it, and then you put the cheese on it. 
Yeah, but cheese and crackers is still delicious, and I will mm. defend it to the death. Yeah, but it's not as good as cheese and bread. Yeah, no. I want a quince paste. I still like it, like a you know, I like a an old school like a snacks cracker with a chunk of cheddar on it, mm. in New Zealand style. Can I can I just like I just want to pitch something to the table? Yeah, cheese and chips, cheese and, oh, a, and a good okay. potato chip, like oh, a yeah. good crisp, really salted. Again, I'm going to like throw a shout out to Proper here because I'm obsessed with with yeah. basically the whole Proper Crisps range. But yeah. like the the Proper Crisps, they do like a like a golden and purple potato, which is just like salted. It's like a salt and pepper flavor. Oh, I love that one. Um, it's it's perfect. It's really simple. But that with like a nice like soft and like a little bit sharp taleggio mm-hmm. is so beautiful. Into it. It's such a good because again, like the texture just matches really well and like it's nice and oily and fatty and. We might have to step up our Friday chip. Yeah. Feels, feels yeah, pretty, the feels pretty naughty. I think chips are, we've talked about this recently in the office, chips are good with everything. Like yeah. a cheese toasty with like a side of crisps. Mm. Yeah. I once, while very drunk, uh, garnished some dumplings that I came home and made with like crunched up oh. uh, salted kettle chips and that mm. was so Genius. good. Yeah. It's a real Spanish thing, right? To have like, it's like a, basically an everywhere thing to, to eat crisps with things. Like Whereas I, in New Zealand we just like, no, are there only there it's because we've just yeah. had shit chips for so yeah, long. Fried chips on the side. Everyone's yeah. used to just, and like I love a shit chip, but you know you wouldn't have a a little mini like snack pack of bluebird bluebird chicken chips with your um, <laughs> oh, with your Sunday roast. That'd no, be a bit strange. No, It'd probably be delicious, but like <laughs> would, the, yeah. the the high low would be a bit strange. But yeah, I remember buying oh, when I worked at, at Auckland Library. That was like when I kind of got introduced to good cookbooks. It was pretty funny. But I remember buying after I worked there the um, Ferran Andrea family meal cookbook so like from from his time at Al Bulli um, it's basically a cookbook compiling like all of the, the family meals that they used to prepare as, as menus oh, nice. um, and the number of meals there that were like you know a really beautiful protein served with a you know a packet potato crisp like yeah. a really beautiful roast chicken served with like packet potato straws really beautiful like Spanish omelets just you know using good thick potato crisps as the as the potato element Ooh, that is like oh, that is oh, a, no, an no, incredibly no, good a potato chip omelet just like wow. a, a really thick kettle style potato chip. Mm. You don't want to break them because then they absorb too much egg, but you just sort of soak them in the egg after it's been beaten for 30 seconds a minute and then just cook it like a normal omelet. It is so, so good. Yeah. I'm on board. Same. It's pre-seasoned, you know? It's like perfectly pre-seasoned. Yeah. I never would have thought of this. Neither. And final shout out to proper crisp as well because the pickle uh, and dill, my mate dill, Chips are so, so good. good. I reckon so the good. best in quote marks salt and vinegar chip on the market. Yeah, I strong agree. Strong mm. agree with that. I so actually we, had those with with hot dogs the other night. They were perfect, perfect side. We're going to move into the PR we've been sent, and if it's good or if it's bad. Uh, the thing that is really visible at the moment is seltzers. Seltzers. I don't. What is a seltzer? Matt read half a Wikipedia. I read yeah. half a Wikipedia page, and I like haven't. I haven't um, backed this up, but my understanding is a seltzer. So seltzers are different to a like a sparkling a sparkling water RTD because they're actually brewed. Is my understanding? Mm-hmm. So you know, with a sparkling water RTD, it's, it's carbonated because you've got sparkling water in there and you've flavoured that with something and you've added alcohol to it. Whereas a seltzer, technically at least, I believe, is carbonated because of fermentation and it's flavoured. Uh, in the same way, you know, you see like beer seltzers, um, they're, they're brewed in a, in a similar way to beer at least. Yeah, I think that's the traditional, like when they became big in America, hard seltzers like White Claw. Mm. But mm. I think now they've arrived in New Zealand and people are just 
kind of calling any sort of mm, so fizzy alco popper seltzer. The, Ze- the Zephyr uh, Hawks Bay cider with orange and grapefruit. It's called a seltzer, but it pure sparkling spring water, freshly crushed Hawks Bay apples and sweet tart oranges and grapefruit. So it's delicious. Mm. But it might be breaking the rules of. Um, so that doesn't sound like a. Yeah, like well, a if t- it's cider based or beer based, you can sell it in supermarkets. Oh, true. But if true. it's sugar fermented or vodka, yeah. they cannot. So, so can you get pals in the supermarket? No, no. you can't. Ah, because that's, really that's vodka based. Yeah. That's a spirit based. I've got a wine seltzer here, LF Left Field, which is. Um, I think it's a, from Villa Maria. These ones, and I haven't tried it yet. And I, I have a fr- had a friend recommend them to me. So this is why Sauvignon Blanc and sparkling water flavoured with yuzu, mint and cucumber. And I am now going to try it. Because I think, you know, no matter what you name it, right, at the end of the day it kind of only matters if it tastes good. Yeah. Oh, this mm-hmm. actually is quite nice. And I'm usually not a fan of anything other than beer, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like lots of things. But um, it's better than I thought it would be. Well, See, that's, that's right. I could imagine drinking that at R&V. Yeah. <laughs> like nine? We are going to do a big seltzer taste test and ranking on the spin-off, everyone. So in, at some point in the next couple of weeks. I've opened up the watermelon one, and I'm going yep. to compare it to a Pals. Mm. What brand, Zephyr? The this Zephyr. is the Zephyr. Does it taste like cider? Well, I, I love cider. I'm a big cider fan, mm. so... I'll see if it, I like ciders because they're refreshing. So mine yeah. definitely had a had a cider base. Yeah, but you could tell that's where it was coming from. Interesting smell with the watermelon. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's very watermelony. It's Which not surface. It's the end of it is very cidery. Mm, okay. Yeah. If anyone's listening, who Tina works is at looking a... very excited over there. Big cider fan. <laughs> big big alcohol fan. It loves her liquor, that Tina. Is Good this, on it. This is anyone that works at a micro microbrewery or a macro brewery who who is involved in the in the design or production of hard seltzers, hard sparklings. I've seen a few places call yeah, them, hard, call them sparklings. hard sparklings. New, new, new in Dunedin. I know do a, have been doing a yes. hard sparkling for a while. It, that that would like to divulge their trade secrets. That would be we'd great. Love to, we'd love to. Know everything. Yeah. Well, actually, the next thing we're going to drink <laughs> is a hard kombucha. The brand I have to disclose is my very good friends. It's Bloom by Batchwell. They've called it a kombucha cooler. Although I am compromised, I reckon it's far and delicious. So, would anyone else like to taste it? Yep, to I'd confirm? love to. So this I, is the uh, cucumber, gin, and lemon. I'll just drink it out of the can because I don't know the glass. <laughs> And I think, yeah, I've got a lot of plans for the food section. Like, we'll do a kombu- alcoholic kombucha taste test because it's, it's probably about six that I've found. Mm. So, um, Batchwell won Metro's uh, kombucha awards mm. last year. That mm. was just a normal, non Normal, booze, non, right? or very tiny amount of yeah. alcohol. Mm. Oh, there's quite a nose on it. So, this is cucumber lemon flavour. Tell you what, I, I would really love is a, um, oh, yeah, is a kefir, nice. like an alcoholic kefir soda. Oh, okay. I'm obsessed with with kefir sodas and that's like, similar to kombucha. Did you because see we had a recipe for it on the site the other day? Um, you have to get kefir grains or something. Yeah, kefir. Like very I've tried making kefir in the past, and like it's. I mean, it's not actually very difficult at all. Um, but I like. I'm a big fan of the Redeem kefir sodas. I drink like a really like, mm, ridiculous, yes, drink a ridiculous of quantity of those. Great for my gut health. I've decided. Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm sticking to that. What I like about this bloom is that it tastes kind of healthy. So it's like. Mm. You're getting lit, 
but you can yeah. convince yourself that you're also... But it doesn't ta- taste medicinal, which is no, my beef with a lot of kombucha. it doesn't. Yeah. It's only 4%, so, you know, sessionable. So we're going to get Richard, who makes yeah. those, on the pod and talk about how they're, they're genuinely uh, feature his tears. He, he oh, cries. He turns it after the, uh, a drink. That seems like unhygienic. Yeah. I think it'd be salty. Tastes good, though. Tastes good? Yeah. And you know it's made with passion and pain. Yeah. <clears throat> They're very refreshing. Very refreshing. That's probably the tears. Yeah. No, I'm gen- gen- genuinely quite into both of them. So we'll keep moving through the list because we're running out of time. But I made a genius discovery with the Nando's pea protein chicken, fake chicken that was sent to oh, yeah. us on Friday. I, mm. I don't work on Fridays, so I had to. I didn't have my burger that was in the back of the fridge until the Monday. What I did, though, was I put it in the office toasty machine... Yeah. Uh, with a lot of butter. and A lot of butter. <laughs> the, the whole burger? The whole burger. I pressed the whole mm-hmm. burger and it, you know, did the old cut. And it's, a, it's a, one of those beautiful traditional toasty machines that creates it, like a toasty pie. Yeah, it's my oh, toasty yeah. machine. Love I brought it. it from home. Yeah. Um, and it worked so well. So I, I sort of recommend next time you buy a burger, put it in the fridge, toast it two days later, and you'll have a far superior experience. That's a very delayed gratification. I like, struggle to get a burger home. Most or maybe of the time. buy two burgers. I, that, like, I would struggle Three. to get two burgers home most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a big go back to the going back to the fridge at two a.m. for more burger guy. That's yeah. that's definitely yeah. me. Um, yeah. But that does sound great. How was the Nando's in real life? What at the time? It was good. I mean, Nando's is always good. I don't love fake meat. You know, I'm a bit funny about things that replicate meat. Just even just the idea of it, I think. I should have just told myself it was like falafel or something. But it was good. I mean, I'm not by any means a vegetarian. Like chicken is definitely the protein that I eat the most. So for for me, when I eat those things, I don't really think of them as like a. I'm not tricking myself that it's chicken, but yeah. I would eat that as a yeah. as a mm. burger. Like I wouldn't buy it being like oh, I'm you know I'm not eating chicken today, but I would eat that. For sure, as just a just a delicious, yeah. You know, it's it's much it's much better to me than a um, you know, like a miscellaneous like kind of falafel esque, mm. kind patty of quite dense BG. patty. Yeah, yeah, see, I'm kind like, of stuck in the. I kind of like a falafel esque dense patty. I like Although a falafel. Fucking I, yeah. I don't like a falafel y pea mm. No, although patty. just like a classic like veggie patty made with. Canned beans or pulses or um, chickpeas is good. I just like poisoned myself against that by only eating falafel like, every night for dinner when I was like twenty at mm-hmm. university. I ate so much bad falafel that even good falafel to me. I used to was, eat like, when I went vegetarian it. when I was about fourteen. My mum used just when you could buy those tubs of mm-hmm. falafel mix. Yeah. So it was basically just like meat and three veg, but instead of meat, I would have some falafel. I have this like I have this really like traumatic memory of um, having dinner at my friend's house, and she invited she invited me around for dinner. It was like you know her flat dinner, but because we were you know twenty in Dunedin, by the time I got there, she decided to start drinking like about <laughs> yep. an hour and a half earlier. It had got like a good way through a cask of wine, um, and by the time you know it was time to actually cook dinner, she just could not be fucked. So what she prepared for us was just like pre-made falafel. Fried into like 
you know, kind of shitty, dense patties yeah. served with only sweet chili sauce. Oh. It's an absolute classic I feel like I, to eat in dinner. Yeah, I feel like I used to have falafel with sweet chili sauce. Sweet chili sauce bad. makes everything better, though. No. Especially, I, 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 especially when you're 22. When you're, I, maybe I'm still in that home. period yeah. of my yeah. life. Yeah. <laughs> sweet chili sauce on, like, wedges from the nine-day dairy at, um, at oh, yeah. 3 a.m. Is, is one of the most perfect foods. But aside from that, sweet chili sauce to me is just like... Did you try the Kuma chips, though? Oh, yeah, they were good. I have a Kumara chip, I do. That's good. Yeah. It's good. I definitely felt a lot lighter after the burger. I just ate ate a lot of cheesy bread and a lot of chips. Yeah. Mm. It's a pretty unimpeachable menu, really. Yeah. Something for everyone. And actually, the really good thing about that burger is that... It's like a, you know, it is a pure vegan option. They can, you know, it is a vegan friendly so is it, option. Oh, so they do it on the different. Yeah, which which is like the... quite rare. I mean, yeah. you know, a lot of a lot of fast and fast casual restaurants mm. that that offer a vegan or a vegetarian option is like, you know, they have to really heavily caveat that it's not actually because yeah. it's fried in the same oil or yeah. cooked on the same grill. Um, and Nando's, as far as I know, are like quite a bit more conscious of That's that sort good. of thing. That's good. So I want to know who comes up with all the different days of the year, like the. Well, what what we've had this week was World Pickle Day. Yeah, yeah, true. Mm. Um, and we're going to keep moving because we're very short on time. But the jalapeno ranch dressing mm. from oh, Lowbrow, yeah. which came with the pickles, fried pickles delivered mm. to us, was one of the best things I've eaten in a very long it's time. Real good, those pickles and that ranch. And Matt was really hungover after oh, the music. Sure, yeah. It was just what good he needed. Timing. Yeah, I had a scone Thank and you, some fried pickles. Thank uh, you, and Lowbrow and Jane Torrance. Mm. And there was another day recently, I think there's a nice way to sign off. It was World Merlot Day. Oh, yeah. Okay. So um, just to, to finish the episode, a shout out to Duncan Grieve, managing editor of the spinoff, and his wife, Nikki, who, um, to slightly bend the truth, only served Merlot at their wedding. That's um, interesting. <laughs> I heard this heavy. story yesterday, and it just like blew my mind. A summer wedding. Summer wedding. What? Just an... an, an Endless Merlot. It's, um, or you can drink Merlot. <laughs> or you can drink Merlot. The, the guests, um, it was like they were on a wine tour, guests had a <laughs> glass around their neck and were just drinking stacks of I mean, it'd slow everyone down. I just, yeah. Yeah, I just feel like you needed a little sleep I don't think anyone drank Merlot. Dinner. My so, wine industry friend used Merlot. to call it Jesus juice. Yes. I really I love Merlot. That's yeah. what you think of, though. Yeah. Like, church can yeah. wine. Yeah. So next time you have a Merlot, think of Duncan and Nikki. Uh, Cheers to that. Raise a glass. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Matt and Lucy, for joining yeah, us. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having that me. That was really fun. Shout out to Tina. Shout out, Tina. You can drink Shh. all this leftover alcohol now. Shot the Freedom no Farms. Uh, we wouldn't be here without you, and we will see you all again oh, soon. We miss you, Sophie. Get better soon. Yeah, get well soon. Got I'm a lot of issues coming up. The last thing I needed was just to be. Yeah, I do not want to get a bug. <laughs> okay, kakite. Kia ora e te iwi, te Ahe Butler here, podcast manager at The Spin-Off. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spin-Off member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate.
The Spin-Off Podcast Network.